Hey Tribe, what's up? What's going on? How are you? This is Coach Fod checking in from the Breathe Life Podcast, coming at you guys live from the Human Works Studio located here in Miami. And I'm excited to be able to breathe life into our subject today. I'm really excited to get into it. So today's podcast journey is all about elaborating or sharing some insight into my perspective on consciousness, right? There's very few things I believe in this human experience as important as consciousness and living a life that keeps you connected to that one consciousness that unifies us all. So I think being able to spend some time and giving you guys my perspective on it, I'm hoping that it could serve a value to someone's to someone on the other end that's receiving it. And there may be something, um, like whenever you have conversations, there may be something in this subject that may inspire or touch um, you in a way on the other end that may inspire some movement from so, some growth or inspiration in your life. So I'm excited to be able to share a little bit of insight into that. Going over the tape, you know, going over the uh, bullet points that we're going to discuss, I'm just going to run through them quickly. So first, we're going to get into consciousness, define it, what it means. We're then going to work into the limitations that we put on ourselves. Then we're going to get into uh, filling the limitations as accordance to or on the opposite side of living a life of abundance, feeling as if there's not enough. We're then going to get into the surrendering of the power of needing to control things and letting go to the idea that there's a purpose for your life and it's through focusing on that consciousness that all the good things in love come. We're then going to work into fear versus love. There's two ways to go about life. One is a stay in a mindset of fear. The other is to stay in a mindset of love and where that comes from and how that can affect the experience that you have. We're then going to get into the importance of spiritual practice, why creating spiritual practices are so important. We're not going to get into the difference or we're not going to get in depth in religion. We're going to speak just as it relates to spirituality and what it means to have, whether it be a religious or a spiritual practice that ties you back to that consciousness and why it's important. We're then going to get into gratitude, why it's important to focus on gratitude and what being in the mindset or staying in the mindset of gratitude, how that could lead to a more fulfilling life, we're going to get into that. And then at the end, we're going to go through uh, active tools that you can incorporate as early as today with hopes that it may inspire some of the changes or some of the consciousness that we're going to speak to today, some of that value that comes from living a life of consciousness. So the tools that we'll go over at the end of today's journey will hopefully share a little bit of insight or shed a little bit of insight into how you can start incorporating some of those things into your day. All right. So like with with everything or with with all of our one-on-one coaching segments, as I said before, what we're always going to do is make sure that we have a portion of the of the show that's dedicated to the power of words. So the word for today's journey is fear. Fear. So like so like I said, I always like to attach a, a story to the words that we're associating to the to the uh, to our show that we're on because stories are a beautiful way to unify people from different experiences it, it we can all relate to certain aspects of the story so i want to do that with with this word and then also like i had mentioned before anytime you understand beyond defining what the word means but truly understand what a word comes with and some of the some of our perceptions of words as well as how it's defined the more insight and information you have on a word the the less power that word has over you all right, so if you look up the definition for fear in a dictionary, you're going to see it. Unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that something or someone is dangerous, likely to cause pain or threat. So it brings me to a story. 
So less than, so actually, I think it's probably been a year. Um, for those of you who, who aren't aware, I unfortunately was uh, in a situation where I was held up by, held up at gunpoint. It was, uh, you know, kind of summing it all up. I, I was just finishing a park workout. I live on the outskirts of, well, I actually live right in the heart of Coconut Grove, Miami, Florida. It's a really, really beautiful area. I think if you're out west, think of Berkeley, Seattle, if you're, um, more east or north, think of, I don't know, Soho, New York, Georgetown, DC. So it's a very, uh, it's a very culturally diverse, but a very beautiful space and community here in Miami. It's, it's my favorite out of all the areas. But anyway, I've, it's a place I've been blessed <clears throat> to call home for the last nine years. Upon finishing a workout, I was in the back of my truck changing out of my clothes. And then um, someone had walked up to me gun drawn, trying to essentially rob me from my vehicle. Long story short, I was able to, by the grace of divine universe or God, I was able to leave that situation without any harm, as well as with all my positions in hand, which was, again, a, a blessing. But what I didn't fully take into consideration is the impact of it, right? You automatically go through feeling gratitude, Right. And in and, and understanding that things could have turned out much worse than they were. So your mind starts going to, okay, how blessed you are to still be alive, how blessed you are to be able to do the things that you do. But I don't know if it's necessarily as common to to think, okay, well, maybe there's something else here that I need to make sure that I address. Right. It's kind of like a version of PSD, right? Where you're thinking about, okay, how is this showing up in my life? And have I truly overcame overcome this? situation. So for me, I've always been connected to a really profound idea of spirituality and purpose in life and, and feeling as if you can visualize and you welcome certain energies into your life. And when I was met with certain challenges that showed up in my life, I always felt like I had a place to go. But it was a bit different with this because I think it was a bit, it was right in my face. Obviously, it was a very traumatic experience. But what I what I didn't properly, in my opinion, I undervalued the impact that that had on my life to change the perception in which I started to view life. Now, don't get me wrong. I've seen a lot of crazy stuff throughout my life. So it wasn't necessarily the first time or wasn't as, as if I've been living this life of just peace and tranquility and I haven't run up against any kind of resistance. But seeing it as aggressively as it was, with it being so close to the birth of my son, um, with all, there were just so many different so many different reasons other than being held up at gunpoint, but that really added to added to the magnitude of that moment. And what I didn't properly assess or take into consideration was the impact that that was going to have on my life in other areas. So it reminded me of something that happened recently where, so I started looking at, so you start changing the way you look, you view the world, unfortunately. And, and if you don't do the proper research or go and seek the right kind of help and thinking that you can do this on your own like we like I often do and I'm sure a lot of us do what happens is you start changing your perception without you knowing it and where you would usually see love light and abundance in the world you start to see lack fear and resistance so that was a year ago and throughout the experience or the, the healing process, I've noticed when I've started looking at things, I start viewing things differently. So my work on myself has been trying to get back in the mindset that sees the good in the world and doesn't necessarily look at every opportunity as an opportunity of risk. And I remember not to, I'll probably say two or three days ago, I was at the gym and there was this gentleman walking by 
who was all tatted up, I mean, from head to toe and spending some time out in California, the guy in the tattoos kind of remind me of like, like SoCal, like imagine like Rodeo Drive, imagine like Blood Central, like imagine like he was just tatted up from head to toe, right? All on his neck, forehead, face. And I'm, you know, I'm tatted up myself. So usually when I'm looking at someone's tattoos, I'm looking from an artistic standpoint. I'm not necessarily looking at it from a place of judgment. But this gentleman, so, the, <clears throat> so this gentleman walked by me several times when I was on my, on, on the cardio equipment. And I obviously, I, I paid attention to his tattoos because one, they were artistically done. And then two, I kept thinking to myself, God, that must have been painful, right? I mean, I have tattoos on my arms and my back and all that other stuff, but on my face, on my neck, wow. So I'm thinking, not thinking from a fear place, but thinking more so, wow, from an acknowledgement of the pain that that must have caused. Or, you know, I wonder he got, you know, I'm thinking he must have a high tolerance of pain. But anyway, he catches, him and I, we catch eyes going back and forth. And I'm in my zone. He seems to have his headsets on, so I don't say anything. And it's very, very quick. And so he, so then he proceeds to go into the locker room. And then when he comes out the locker room, he holds uh, his camera phone up and he panels through the gym, but starting on me, starting on me, right? So he pulls the camera up facing me and then he kind of like does like the, the panel where you just kind of panel the room. And when I put down his phone, I looked and I saw that he was putting some content on top of the image. So I said, okay, he must be on like some social media platform. Maybe it's an Instagram video. So I didn't think anything of it. He then proceeded to walk in front of me again. Now, mind you, I'm on a piece of a cardio equipment and there's probably about 30 machines, 15 on one side of me, 15 on the other, and no one's on any of them. I mean, Envision, Stairmaster, bike, treadmill, elliptical. And no one's, I mean, the, the gym is pretty much empty because the time in which I went, I had a cancellation, so it was like the middle of the afternoon. So no one else is there other than the staff. So he goes by me a couple a couple times. Now, this is also after like the video incident. So I'm kind of weirded out a little bit, but I don't think anything of it. And then he 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 makes his way around the gym and then he happens to get on the machine right next to me. <laughs> like right next to me. So I'm like, I'm listen, I'm one of those people, man, where I get, you know, I'm sensitive to vibes, energy, whatever you want to call it, but I don't mess around. If I feel something that doesn't feel right, I'm out. Movie theater, like it doesn't matter where I'm at. I'm not invested. I'm out. So he stood, he, he got on the machine right next to me, although everything else was vacant and, and, and empty. So I finished up that last minute and I was out. You know, I, I said hello to him. I was polite. I wasn't kind of like weirded out where I freaked out and ran out the building, but I was weirded out about the series of events. So fast forwarding, I get to later in the evening and I communicate this to my wife and she says, well, what if you chose to look at it a different way? What if, what if instead of assuming that he was taking videos of you, you know, what if he was taking videos for another reason? Maybe he needed inspiration. Maybe you weren't on the camera at all. Maybe there was something that was being pro um, broadcasted on the TV that was in front of you that required he sit next to you. Like, what if you choose to see it a different way? And, you know, it's funny because when I presented this story to her, I just kind of knew everything was fitting and the pieces were fitting perfectly to where anyone would look at the situation of like, okay, Fahim, you obviously did the right thing. This guy is just kind of like weirded out of his mind. But it was helpful because she challenged the way I saw my perception of it. And I thought it was, you know, obviously it's not what you want to hear at the time, but it, it is what you, but it's more of what you need to hear. Because it, wanted, it wasn't until after that conversation that I started really thinking about, okay, well, yeah, maybe I did look at things differently. 
You know, maybe the world that I'm seeing and I'm experiencing, maybe at some point I lost my way because maybe the older Fahim would have saw that and not think twice about it and probably went to some thinking something positive as opposed to thinking something fear-based and negative. So I challenged myself the next day. I said, you know what? I'm going to go back to this same gym and I'm going to ask whoever's at the front desk because I imagine anyone who's, who would notice him, he would be pretty memorable. And I said, I'm going to seek this guy out and I'm going to approach him on my own and approach him with the right kind of energy and introduce myself to him. I'm going to change the narrative. So I went up to the front desk attendant and they're like, oh, well, you know what? He was just here on a trial pass, so he's not a member. And it's funny because had I not done that, now again, I still told myself, if I ever come across this gentleman again, I'm going to go out my way to make sure I introduce myself to him. But had I not done that, I would have been I would have been completely, completely detached and turned off from the gym entirely because I felt like this person for whatever reason had some kind of issues with me and he was trying to get within a certain proximity of me because there was there was some reason to be bothered some reason to to have a fear-based thought and I it just made me think about how at any moment in our lives and this kind of segues into what we're going to discuss today at any moment of your life yes there's truth to the the idea that we're accumulation of our experiences but we determine the story that we tell ourselves. You know, the experience that I had a year ago, as traumatic as it was for me, I choose whether or not that chooses to, whether or not I decide to make sure that continues to live and defines a life that I see when I look out into the world, my perception. I have a choice. I'm not a victim of how I choose to see the world because of this experience, right? So it's up to me to be able to see experiences like the one I recently went through with that gentleman at the gym and say, that's not the vein, that's not the vein or the vehicle in which I choose to go on this journey. I need to get back to a place and do the things that's going to help me get back to a place where my mind doesn't go into, into thoughts of fear or, or restriction or concern or anxiety, but my thoughts stay in the, in the, in the mindset of abundance, love, prosperity, and faith. So it just made me think about that story and how fear can find its way in our lives and what we need to do to make sure that we're always always cognizant or conscious of how we're showing up in our lives and what things we're allowing to have control over ourselves because the things that we give our control to or our energy to are the things that take control over us and they shape what we see in the world and what we experience so if you want to see more love if you want to experience more loving conversations and more connections with people if you want to see more kindness in the world, be kind. Practice kind acts to other people. Go out your way to say hello. You know, think abundance and loving thoughts all day. You know, don't, don't think thoughts of fear or, or anger or anxiety. Try to stay within the right mindset that's going to attract those experiences that you want in your life. All right? Boom. So there we go. So that's the word for the day, and, and that's my story about it. All right. So just kind of getting into consciousness. Wow. So I, you know, for anyone who knows me, consciousness is something that I'm always talking about. And I think it's moments like where we are today, where there's just so much going on in the world that I think it really, I think it really adds more of a meaning to why it is so important for us to be conscious of everything we do throughout our day, everything we get our mind and our energy to. I mean, I think we're witnessing an enormous shift in the collective consciousness throughout this world. I mean, you see it. If you if you seek it, you'll find it. You know, you, you, there's there's communities and there's people doing amazing things in the in in the realm of spirituality work and 
and and mindful and mindful healing teachings and workshops that are going on all around the world in different communities. You know, I think we're starting to realize as a society how important it is to live a life of consciousness. And that's consciousness as it relates to just everything, everything. You know, and my belief is that the whole universe is consciousness in one energy. And it's within each of us. And as we tap into that love and that light and that consciousness into who we are, it draws us connected. It draws us more. We become more connected to other people or we become more connected to ourselves as a community. And I think the the biggest, in my opinion, the biggest lie that we're all being fed in day in and day out is that we're not connected to each other. You know, that the energy that I put out, that the actions that I do aren't some way connected to the person next to me. Because, because I think we are all connected. We're all on this universal experience together. And what we project out into the world, the things that we say, the conversations that we hold, our acts that we do, I think it does have a way of not only coming back into our lives, but I think it has a way of promoting those same level of consciousness to the person next to us. And I think as a collective whole, we then become an environment or a society that becomes more conscious. So when I think about consciousness, I not only think about being conscious of everything that I'm doing, everything that I'm doing, like not becoming responsive to things, right? Not responding to the person cutting me off or responding to someone saying something kind of sideways at me or responding to being frustrated because I lost something or, you know, but choosing to consciously make up my mind the kind of experience that I'm going to have with my day, the kind of things that I'm going to do to keep me mindful in that state of mind, because we can easily be led astray within all the things that come up. But I'm going to make a conscious, concerted effort to make sure that I stay in the right mindset. I stay in the mindset of abundance. I look and try to find gold in every experience and every person that I come in contact with. Right. So just kind of like summing up what it means to live a life of consciousness for me, that's my perception of it. That's what I believe and why I think it's important. Because I think the more we do that through creating habits, daily habits that are going to help us stay within that conscious mind mindset, I think that's how you get to a life of abundance. You know, and then and you know, it's it's been said, and I, I guess studies have been done where they say that now we're the the consciousness of the community, not 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 the consciousness. I guess as a society, our stimuli is constantly being invested in or wired hot wired from the moment we wake up like they say like on average we accumulate as much negative stimuli throughout the day that 15 years from now or 15 years before 20 years um, before today we would get a lot of that stimuli or the combination or the accumulation of it it would take us a year to get now we wake up and it's on our tvs it's on our macbooks it's on our it's on our telephones Everywhere you turn around, you're getting hit by it. So if you don't make a conscious effort to make sure that you're being mindful about everything that you're ingesting, because everything sways your consciousness of that day. Every news that every bit of news that you entertain, every song that you listen to, everything you decide to read, every conversation that you hold, it all starts molding your consciousness for that day. So I just want you, or one of the things that I try to do is make sure that I stay mindful. Stay mindful, stay conscious of the role that I'm playing in my day. I'm not an extra in my movie. I'm the lead role. So I choose to live a life that that works in, in harmony with that. So making a decision to be conscious. 
Uh, and then we're, so now we're going to get into, so the next bullet point is the, are the limitations that we put on ourselves. So I don't know when it became like set in stone, but there's a belief system out there that there's limitations to the abundance. There's limitations to the success or wealth. There's limitations to the peace, the prosperity, regardless of what you decide to do with your life. There's constantly this competitive mindset that there's not enough to go around. And I believe that if you're living a life that's according to abundance, you'll understand that that's not true. That's a lie. There's more than enough of abundance. There's more than enough love. There's more than enough prosperity for you to do what your purpose or what you're placed on this worldly experience to do. You know, and, and oftentimes we find ourselves measuring up to other people or we're you know, even doing this podcast journey, you say, okay, well, there's thousands of people doing podcasts. What is it about this experience that you're going to contribute that are, that's different? Is there enough room for your voice on this platform? And that's usually the first thing that comes up as form of in the form of a resistance. But it's staying mindful and understanding that when you're being conscious about the life that you're living and you're doing things and being inspired with things that come to your heart to do, that calling to do these things are coming from a higher purpose. So by fulfilling that and living in that way, there'll always be more than enough for you. There'll always be enough love. There'll always be enough abundance. There'll always, there'll always be enough success. You know, but we get constantly fed images and, and beliefs that there's not enough and that we need to constantly be in, in, in competition with someone else. And we can't support someone else's work or we can't breathe life into someone else's possibilities without taking away from our own. And that's, I'm here to tell you that that's completely false. That's completely false. You know, it's our mind. Our mind is consciousness, consciousness in itself. And it's our minds that puts limitations on our abilities. It's our minds that put limitations on our success. So what we have to do is start rewiring our minds to believe and to really hone in on the belief that there's more than enough to go around and that what you're placed on this worldly experience to contribute, your portion has already been set aside in spades. So that's something that's important to address, especially when you're thinking about doing things that's going to help you stay within that conscious mindset. Worry not what someone else is doing. I don't care if there's a million other people doing what you want to do, whether it's you want to be a chef or a yoga instructor or a doctor or spiritual healer or it doesn't matter it doesn't matter your story is unique and the space in the universe and your influence is is not only needed but it's already been laid out all right which brings me to our next bullet point being more than enough for everyone there's more you know i can't i can't tell you how how often especially in the social media age that we live in how how often i get people reaching out to me because what I what I usually do, oftentimes I'll repost someone else's work or I'll mention someone else's literature if I read it and it inspired me in some ways. And I remember a buddy of mine who's also, you know, a, a pretty successful uh, trainer in his own right in different city and state. We had a conversation where he was like, well, don't you find it somewhat challenging that you do so much to promote others? You know, does is that do you see that as being more of a conflict of interest? I mean, what if you have someone that's considering using your online program and then you post someone else's information and they may like that person more than you? Are you worried about losing that revenue? Are you are you worried about 
losing that opportunity to change that person's life. And, you know, I remember saying to him that, and this is just what I believe, and this is just what I feel in my heart. When you're when you're connected and giving from a from a place that's that's fulfilled already, then there's only good things. There's only abundance that can come from that because that act was a loving act that you were doing to give to someone else. And it's through servicing other people that you truly live a life that's according to abundance, in my opinion. So I can't lose by giving to person A or person B or person C. If anything, my life means more. My value comes back to my life tenfold by giving whatever you can to someone else's because to someone else, because no matter how much I promote all the amazing spirits and, and individuals out there in this community, they are doing phenomenal work. No matter how much energy I put in to promote the work that they're doing, no matter what, it's only going to bring me closer to my purpose. And it's only going to put a lot of that same energy and love from different resources back into what I'm doing. And I truly believe that. So if you're in a position where you could be a, a voice for someone else, maybe someone that's not as popular as you are, or maybe someone that doesn't have as many followers as you do, or you know, maybe you have someone that's interested in someone else's service, um, that you could kind of help connect the two together, but you're constantly thinking or staying in the mindset of a black or fear. What if I put this person in contact with that person? Does that mean I lose out on the end? You know, I challenge you to come from a place of already being fulfilled within yourself and knowing that what's meant for you, no matter how much you try to force it onto someone else, no one can take what's already yours. So a part of living a life of consciousness is living a life within understanding your unique power and this worldly experience in that you know, what's already meant for you can't, regardless of what you do, be associated or attached to anyone else, all right? So then that brings us to, you know, surrendering. So surrendering is something that comes up often in my discussions with a lot of my clients surrendering. You know, and the crazy thing about the crazy thing about surrendering is that oftentimes surrendering is associated with, and this is just in conversations, I find that people feel like surrendering is associated with failure. And I think it's the complete opposite. You know, surrendering in and of itself is not giving up. I believe it's allowing the greatness that you already have within you to emerge. You know, I, I believe it was Michael Bernard Beckwith that said, an acorn doesn't surrender to an oak, oak, oak tree, neither does an apple seed surrender to an apple tree. It's surrendering while allowing the greatness that are, that's already in you to emerge to that next level. So it's actually, in a way, it's a an evolution or a dying of sorts of one part, the littleness of you, so that you can let the truest, the larger aspects of who you are come forward. So surrendering is actually one of the most profound things that you can do, but it's in truly in surrendering that you become more connected to the bigger, the bigger purpose for your work or for your purpose here on, on, this, on this earth. And I think, you know, it, it reminds me because I think one of the, one, the biggest things for me you know, for for majority of my life, I was chasing football. You know, I knew I wanted to be a football player. And all throughout members of my family, we, we come from a huge football family. And I've always felt like I had a God gift ability to do the sport that I loved. But when I started getting insight or when I started feeling like God was calling me to or the universe was pulling me in a different direction, 
it was hard for me to surrender to that because I felt like I needed to be in control over what that next phase was for me because I never, up to that point, I had a hard time visualizing or seeing myself anywhere else. And I never forget, I heard, I overheard a conversation and I can't, and forgive me because I can't remember the the person who who had said this, but they said, you know, God's will or the universe will for you in your life is d- directly correlated what your heart's desire. They're the same thing. So if you have, so if you wake up to a life that's calling you to do certain things, calling you to open up a Pilates studio, calling you to open up a medical clinic somewhere in Kenya, calling you to become a teacher, calling you to be a firefighter, calling you to whatever it is, whatever sets your soul on fire, on fire that's put in you for a divine reason. And not only is it put in you for a di- di- divine reason, but that passion and that purpose that's placed inside you is in direct correlation with the universe will or what God's will for you in your life. And that's what I had to realize. Like I had to get to the point where I, I surrendered control and I just followed whatever my, whatever my inspiration was coming from. If it was movement, I started doing more things that align with movement. If it was artistry, I started doing more things that tapped into that, the artistry of my life. I started drawing more. I started painting more. You know, whatever it is that you're supposed to do in this world, whatever your purpose is, you're going to find that there's going to be a fire and a passion to seek it out and to do it. And I think that's one of the ways the universe connects with us. If you want to know what your desire, you want to know what your purpose in life is, follow your passions because they usually have a unique and beautiful way of helping you arrive at that place. All right. So the next bullet point is fear versus love. So I touched on it a little bit in the story that I started with today's podcast, you know, just talking about fear, you know, and so, and it was all, you know, I I overheard someone say something about fear one day and it really just resonated with me a little bit. It said, you know, fear essentially is misdirected, misdirected interest. Whereas you're interested in a worst case scenario rather than the love and faith for the best case scenario. And when I heard, when I heard it, it really just kind of hit me right at the core. Because at any time you have the opportunity to see things differently, you have the decision to see things differently. Like I said, leaning back on the story that I started today's podcast with, you know, your reality is going to be whatever you perceive it to be. And You know, my mother used to always say, you know, son, you can make a decision to live a life of faith and love, or you can choose to live a life of fear, but they can't coexist with each other. And I had a hard time getting to that place of truly understanding that. But once I truly understood that and that really took hold of my life, I really became more cognizant of making sure that I was living a life that saw the good in the world, that chose to see the love in the world. And I didn't, and I, I, I didn't continuously feed things that taught me or that spoke otherwise into my life. I didn't continue to watch certain things in, on, on the media or entertain certain conversations that would lead me more towards that fear-based thinking. I started to be conscious about making sure that I'm investing in the things that help, help me lean closer to creating a life that sees the love that I want to project out into the world. And I got back to trusting in the unfolding of things, choosing love and trust and opposite of fear and control. Because fear, essentially, that's what it comes down to, feeling like you need to have control 
and having control is absent of faith. And, and faith is more of a surrendering and knowing that everything's going to always work out in your favor. When you're living a life of fear, it's exhausting. It's exhausting. You're always thinking about how someone could potentially wrong you. You're always thinking about looking over your shoulder. And I get it. It's, it's, it's hard to step out of that when you're in it. But the more you can do things in your life to put you in a mindset of love and faith, I guarantee you're going to start seeing the the quality of your life grow and the gold in your life come tenfold. You're going to start seeing love and light in places that you've never seen it before. To the unruly person in the Starbucks line or the person cutting you off in your car or the person that's talking too loud in the movie theater, you're going to start seeing love and conscious energy and light in everything. And things that used to bother you, you're going to start seeing that you're going to start regaining your power back. And those things aren't going to bother you the way they do now because you're living from a different place. You're choosing to experience life differently. So for me, one of the things that helped me get out of that mindset, especially after that traumatic incident um, a year ago in the park, I had to take a look at my spiritual practice. And, you know, I think when you start talking about spiritual practices, people, you know, you usually have people respond in a number of ways. The first thing people think okay well now we're getting now we're getting into the religious experience and i you know and, and i don't you know I, I i don't you know my response is that you know i i think there's a lot to be said about religion and you know obviously that's a discussion for another time but i think spirituality and spiritual practices could be something that you can implement even if you're even if you're even if you even if you don't have a solid foundation in any religious belief system I think spirituality and divining and defining a spiritual practice is something that for me I use as a purpose to be able to devote a practice that helps keep me in line of the consciousness for the life that I want to lead for myself. So a spiritual a spiritual practice is you know meditation why is it why is meditation a part because meditating at the start of my day and at the end of the day helps me drown out all those negative thoughts that come into my mind, whether it's finance-related, relationship-related, client-related. It helps me quiet out all the chaos in my mind that we all have, and it allows me to change the narrative on my life. It allows me to get ahead of some of those things as they're showing up in my life, to stay in control of the kind of life and the kind of vision that I want to have for myself and for others, as well as you know, family and friends. So it's something that you do deliberately on a daily basis, even if only for a few moments. And by doing so, it helps you develop a, be a behavior and a different pattern in life. You know, by devoting whatever it is you set out to. You know, a spiritual practice could be writing down in a journal. A spiritual practice could be counting your blessings before starting your day. You know, it doesn't have to necessarily go into your standard outline of your religious beliefs they could they i think they're they're one's not mutually exclusive you can have someone that's really religious but also incorporate spiritual practice just as you can have someone that's not invested in a lot of religion but equally invest in spiritual practices it's all about doing things that's going to help you stay in a mindset that you need in order to prosper in this life that you want you know and by by incorporating the, those little things every day, what you'll start realizing is it'll start changing the direction of your life. You know, it'll start reducing the stress and anxiety that you feel in your life. The chemicals in your body will change. 
your thoughts will begin to change. Your perception will slowly change on your life and your life experiences. You know, instead of waking up already being behind the eight ball or responding to things that are happening to you, you'll wake up with a certain assurance that you're going to know that regardless of what comes ahead of you throughout the day, you're already one. You're going to wake up with a passion and excitement for this life that we're living because you would have already incorporated things on a day-to-day basis that's going to help you stay in that mindset. So whether you're annoyed by someone, whether you're whether you're met with someone that's being unruly, you have developed already a habit of doing day-to-day routines that are going to help you stay in the right mindset of consciousness so that you don't sway and you don't get knocked off your square easily, right? You stay in control of how you're feeling. You know, life isn't a combination or a collection of things that happen to us. Life is a collection of how we respond to things. So unless you have something to anchor you every day, unless you have something that's going to anchor your spirit and anchor your thought process, it's in this turbulent world that we're living on, your thought forms can go in a variety of different ways that are outside of your control. So unless you're anchored in a daily spiritual habit of routines, then I think you're left to the vices of whatever the world throws at you. And I found, in my opinion, I like to have a better say in the movie that I'm living out. I think that there's a beautiful, profound reason why I'm here. And I know that by staying mindful, I regain the control over those decisions, the vision that I see for my life. And not only that, but it's through stillness that I feel like I can communicate and hear what the universe or what God wants me to do, what my purpose is and what my work is. So if we develop a daily routine, if we develop those spiritual practices, it better prepares us to be able to work against whatever we may be met with, whatever challenges we may be met with. And you wake up with a a mindset that's more of a, what is my assignment for today? As opposed to waking up with a mindset of how am I going to respond to, how am I going to respond to or match the anxiety or match the anger or match the fear? It becomes, how do you stay in that mindset of conscious abundance and then see the excitement and the love throughout your day? All right. So speaking of feelings and speaking of thoughts, one of the things that if you know me, one of the things that I'm always preaching, I'm always preaching the benefits of staying within a mindset of gratitude. I think gratitude is so important, so important. It doesn't matter what dark space you're in. It doesn't matter what kind of experiences that you're having or how many things you may feel like is working against you whether it be a relationship, whether it be a career, whether it be something within your family, it doesn't matter. No matter where you are, there's always an opportunity to bring your attention to something in your life that's working in your favor. So if I'm working with someone as, you know, from the life coaching work that I do, and they're having a really hard time in one area of their lives, my entire purpose and focus becomes how do I shift their attention on, onto something that brings fulfillment and love into their lives? You know, maybe it's a conversation on tell me about the relationship you have with your grandchildren or how does it feel when you go for those long runs or, you know, tell me about your home. You know, there's always something in our lives that even in the midst of things that we feel like we don't have any control over or right when we're at the lowest that we feel that we are, there's always ways to shift the energy and shift the focus. Shift the energy and shift the focus. And I feel that the most direct way to have an impact on that, on that energy is by helping clients or people work into the mindset of focusing on the things that they have to be grateful for. 
Because what you'll find is that if you stay in that mindset of gratitude, even if it's by focusing on one thing that has nothing to do with the other, but by staying in that mindset of gratitude, I believe, and I've seen it overflow into every area of their lives. So the more you stay in that mindset of gratitude and love and appreciation for this, that energy becomes the current theme of your entire life experience. And you'll start shifting the way that you're even experiencing the challenge that you're met with. And you'll start finding that you're experiencing it from a different perspective. And that difference in perspective has the ability to add value. On the other side, it has the ability to really tear you down if you're not aware of it. So sometimes the most important thing that you can do for someone is helping them change their mindset by focusing on things to be grateful for, focus on the blessings that they have for them in their lives. And I've seen so much value come from that. All right, so I know we touched on a couple points and I know I was kind of all over the place, but just really feel inspired to kind of, some of them I spoke to more than others because I just felt inspired to do that. But what I want to do is I want to close out with tools that you can start incorporating in your day. These are tools that I do Consistently, these are also tools that I strongly encourage my clients to do. And these are also tools that have been tested to add value. So I really hope that they can do the same for you. So the first tool would be create an anchor. Um, Create something that just by you holding, seeing, it reminds you to stay in a mindful of conscious gratitude and abundance. So for me, I carry this onyx, this piece of onyx. It's probably the size of a quarter and I carry it in my pocket and I have another one in my bag that I carry around with me. And whenever I reach my hand in my pocket, whenever I touch it, it helps remind me to check back into a mindset of gratitude. If I'm pulling my laptop out my bag or a pen out my bag and I touch the one that's in my bag, it help, It again does the same thing, helps me stay in a mindset of gratitude. For those of you listening to this podcast who are familiar with The Secret, I think The Secret touches on that as well having things that are going to help you anchor back into the mindset that you want, right? Another thing that I do, I, I'm constantly surrounded with mala beads. And so, and when I say mala beads, obviously, I know a lot of you know what the, those are, but essentially, there's they're, they're beads. Some people call them blessing beads. You know, I use them for a different purpose. I use them from the moment I wake up. I keep my mala beads on my person all the time. And when I go to sleep, I keep them by the bed as opposed to keeping the phone by my bed. And what I like to do is before I start my day, even if I happen to you know leave them in a car or leave them by my bag, if they're not by my bedside, I set the practice of making sure that I count 120 blessings around the mala beads before I start my day. In doing so, it helps me begin my day in a mindset of gratitude. And it's it's worked for me for years now. And when I when I don't have access to my mala beads because I'm going for a run or I'm or I'm doing some kind of activity with a client, I have similar styles of beads on my wrist that remind me to do the same thing. So if I have beaded bracelet on, then I count the beads around my bracelet. If I have two minutes while I'm in the car or 10 minutes while I'm waiting for a client, you can always, I always use them and what they resemble or what they represent in my life to be mindful of all the beautiful things at any given day that I can count that add to the blessings that I have. All right. The third thing I would do or the third thing that I do is I set reminders on my phone. Reminders are a beautiful way of keeping me mindful of making sure that I'm looking and I'm deciding to see the world that I want to see. And I'm not becoming 
the kind of person that's allowing my thought to change my perception. I was reading this awesome book by Carl Lentz called Own the Moment. Phenomenal read. I recommend it for anyone that's listening. And one of the things that he did um, or that he communicates in his book is setting the reminder. This, I think his, his reminder, if I can remember correctly, says something to the extent of, you know, did you find good? Did you find gold in anyone today or any experience today? And I applied that to my life. So I get this reminder twice a day that said, have you found gold in someone or have you found gold in a moment? And, you know, it's funny because that little tip goes a long way in my life because you get so caught up in your day that you forget. And then when a reminder comes up, you go, oh, yeah, well, let me seek out someone to find gold in. And you'll be surprised, at least for me and then having my clients do it as well. Just that little tip has had has had a profound impact on how I view my experience and connectivity with other people. So, you know, I bless him for sharing that insight and that inspiration through his through his literature. Point four meditation. I'm a huge believer in meditation, you know, and this is coming from, again, this isn't coming from someone that was always spiritual and conscious and, you know, and living a life of like, this is coming from like an ex-college football player, jock, meathead as much as possible. Like for me, getting into mindset of meditating seemed like it was something that was completely over my head. And I remember one person told me, hey, why don't you just try sitting still? And anytime you think of something negative, block it out and replace it with something loving. Try to doing that. And what you're going to find is one minute is going to go, two minutes are going to go by. Then when you can barely do three minutes, you're going to look up and then you can do 20 minutes easily. That in and of itself is a form of meditation, a form of prayer, helping yourself slow down and quiet out all the chaos so that you can hear you, you can hear the most, the truest, most inner aspects of your being speak to you. So for me, it was allowing myself an opportunity to lower the volume on all the other things that were happening in my life so that I can dial up the volume of what my purpose was. I can dial up the volume of where I would find opportunities for me to learn how to better love myself and how to better service other people or to stay or practice the idea of thinking abundant thoughts as opposed to allowing my mind to go on worry and fear. So if you're if 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 meditating is something that seems hard to digest, I challenge you to find a moment of stillness at the beginning and at the end of every day. If it's two minutes, do two minutes. If you can do three, do three. Doesn't matter. There's no judgment attached to it. But sit there in stillness and for whatever moment or whatever timeline, try to only practice and think loving thoughts for yourself and you'll be surprised before you know it you'll be teaching me a thing or two about meditating all right so point five avoid negative news coverage if it's something catastrophic or really important that you need to hear trust me you'll hear it for friends and family but enough of the news the 24-hour news cycle that's always on cut it off disconnect you know, 90% of what you're going to see in that experience through the news sources are always, it always has something to do with something negative or how crazy the world is or what's happening in politics or what's happening in our government. All that stuff is important. I get it. But you don't have to stay plugged in. You don't have to stay plugged in. Not only that, but it's really hard to continuously see the world as this beautiful place of love and abundance when you're, when you're consuming information that tells you it's actually on the contrary to that. So I challenge you to limit, if not limit, completely avoid news coverage for a while. And you'll be surprised how staying 
in the right mindset becomes easier and easier, which is point six. If you're listening to music, music has an amazing ability to be able to use those words and the melodies and transport us to places that we can only imagine. But where I want to challenge you, especially in the, you know, in the music nowadays, the words that they're using and some of the stuff that's said, I want to challenge you to, for a week, just find, find instrumentals. Get yourself a cool beat or a cool melody that, that's absence of words so that these words aren't transporting you places that you don't want to go. You know, it's not talking about this or talking about that. You create your own content. So if this beat means love to you, if this beat means abundance to you, you can bring those words in with your own thoughts. But the more you're listening to music, whereas even if it's in the background, you know, the words that are in the song, you begin to ingest those things. And if they're not, if you're not mindful of that, you can find that it becomes a part of your energy. It becomes a part of your consciousness. So I want to challenge you, for those of you who are like myself, who love music, I've been doing this challenge as far as instrumentals for probably the last four months, and I love it. Whenever I'm in my car and I'm not listening to like spirituality books or nutrition books or movement books on audio, I'm listening to I'm listening to instrumentals or jazz or something something like that because I can still stay within my right mind frame and not feel like I'm you know I'm being led down this journey that I don't want to go on. So. And then lastly, avoid negative conversations. You know, chances are negative conversations are more common than positive conversations. We're quicker to talk negative or poor ill or ill will about someone else than we are to talk about love and kindness. So if you have those people in your life who constantly have something bad to say or judgmental to say about other people, try to avoid them for a while or try to say, hey, you know what? Let's challenge each other to not go there for a while. And you'll be surprised how you start changing the conversations start changing the things you give energy to, you'll start seeing that show back up in your life in ways that where maybe now it may be hard for you to think a life of abundance or to think about all the beautiful things that you have that's in support of your true calling or your purpose in this life. As you start impl- implementing these tools that we're touching on today, you'll be surprised how much easier those other things fall into place. All right. So guys, as always, I really hope that there was something that was that was shared today that could help add and, and breathe more life into your own unique journey that you're on. Um, like always, your feedback and more importantly, your presence on this journey. As always, I honor you guys and I feel so grateful to have you guys on this journey. Um, for those of you who are new to the show, thank you for joining me. You know, I, I'm always open for feedback. Um, you can constantly you can follow me on. You know, I'm on Instagram, Facebook, you know, you can follow me however you like, send messages, let me know if there's anything that you guys want me to talk about, or if you guys have any opinions on anything that I'm sharing. If you love what I'm saying, feel free to um, recommend it to any of your friends or loved ones, because I can always use the feedback. And I really believe that we're doing something beautiful and meaningful together. So so just kind of in a nutshell, this is my philosophy on consciousness, and, and I hope that I was able to connect with someone on the receiving end, and I look forward to continuing to breathe life and love into this human experience. All right, guys, breathe life.